0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
1: and Jerem Jordan. But really, the no, texture no. Yeah, yeah. is just incredible. I, I do love the, uh, the nuts and nuts. Mm. Oh, what's they up? Really oh, really are out of the hey. park this time. What's up? How we doing? Oh, hey. Hi.
2: BYU Sports Nation is live on an Ice Cream Wednesday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio yeah. B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Mm. Don't mind us. We're just enjoying the fruits of last night's labors on The Coaches Show.
1: The fruits? I like the dairy, baby. This is, uh... mm. Okay, Pope Show. <laughs> it's a t- hey! Let's not do that that often. I have too many bad jokes. Okay, so, two years ago. Not even last year. I think it was two years ago, yeah. Uh, Mark Pope... And Kalani's talking, talking about ice cream flavors. Because uh-huh. Lavelle has Lavelle's Vanilla. By the way, vanilla did not sell very well at the Creamery until they called it Lavelle's Vanilla.
2: Then it became a best. Power of the brand. Yeah.
1: Okay? It's my daughter's favorite ice cream. I'm like, there are many flavors in this world, Vena. You should, you should get out there a little bit. But they started talking about ice cream, and the Creamery developed two uh, flavors. Brand new flavors. Pope's Post Game Snack. And Kalani Satake Road. We've got both in here. Mm-hmm. Here's a shot. Here's a shot inside. Okay. We got both. You know. They're delicious. You got, you got Kalani. You got Pope. Delish. So good. I would highly recommend these. You can buy these uh, soon in the uh, in the cream.
2: Now, Kalani did say he thinks that Mark Pope's ice cream should be called potpourri.
1: But. <laughs> when I think potpourri, I don't think I want to eat that. Yeah. You yeah. don't think ice cream. You think, oh, it smells good. They even have logos. Look at that. Our are, are blue goggles, Mark Pope you know, thing, is uh, <laughs> is on the cover. So that's great. That's great. Okay. In yeah. in the Pope ice cream, uh, Pope's postgame snack, that little chocolate ball, uh-huh. there's a Rice Krispie treat dipped in chocolate, bro. It's delicious. Yeah. I went to the creamery the other day and tried these out before, and uh, we made some recommendations, a couple of us, Hema and Harrison. It was awesome, man. So this is going to melt, but uh, we'll put it right here.
2: Jerem Jordan is the ice cream savant. My name is Spencer Linton. Wherever and how are you connected, I want some more of this. Great to have you with us as we eat ice cream on live television.
1: There's many things we've done the last eight years, and I'm like, oh, that was fun. This is one of them. Just eat ice cream. Everybody home's
2: like, this is not fun for us. (laughs) 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 This is terrible television and radio.
1: I don't care. I'm still going to do it.
2: (laughs) Here's your extra sweet show lineup. (laughs) Ice cream on top featuring BYU football's revamped New Year's Six bowl game chances. It's getting real. ESPN college football analyst Rod Gilmore will join us to discuss the Cougars' postseason potential, plus preview the matchup with USC and BYU superstar senior volleyball player Kenzie Kerber joins us live after the Cougars wrap up Perfection in the West Coast Conference. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
1: BYU moves up one spot to number 13 in the college football playoff rankings, but offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick isn't focused on the number heading into Saturday's regular season finale with USC.
2: It's good recognition for our players. Um, and that's about it. We just need, to win, need to keep winning. We got one more game. We need to win that game and see what happens. But it doesn't really do much good to react to it unless we win Saturday.
1: Oh, we got a, a mustache in November going on with A How about that? He also gave an injury update. No Neil Paul, James MP, or Harris will chance this week. Freshman right tackle Campbell Barrington could play.
2: Man, notable injuries on that BYU offensive line and clearly the defense has been affected on the defensive line and in the linebacker core as well. Who does BYU have left? And are they good enough to beat USC? The Cougars are a seven-point
1: favorite. Yeah, USC has their own injuries. They're doing them. Indeed does. they do. Yeah.
2: Number 18 BYU men's basketball hosts Texas Southern tonight in the Marriott Center. The Cougars fresh off that blowout win against Central Methodist on Saturday night, meaning the Cougars are off to a 4-0 start for the first time in almost five full seasons. The drive for five straight wins tonight, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
1: Yeah, and we've got uh, pregame coverage as well, which is exciting. Women's Hoops continues to steamroll Fools, beating Utah State 101-74 to get to 5-0. Five players scoring double Fig Newtons, 101 points, uh, that's a lot, most since 2011 for BYU. Oh, baby! BYU plays Florida State tomorrow at 7 Eastern in the St. Pete Showcase.
2: Okay, a couple of things about that 101 mark. The last time BYU scored that many points, it was 102 against Utah State in <laughs> 2011. So there's something about the Aggies.
1: Okay, you remember the one in, what was it, 25 seasons for BYU men's basketball? The one know. win was against Utah against State. Against Utah State. I, that's one of my favorite... Factoids and
2: BYU. Well, there you go. And Shaylee Gonzalez, number four on SportsCenter's top ten with that saucy behind-the-back
1: oh. dribble in school. They play your your uh, your sound there, or just VO? I don't believe they played the sound. Oh, I okay. just saw the video.
2: Nice was number four. I didn't where I know that. Couldn't hear any volume, and I was like, "Oh, Shaylee's number four on SportsCenter's top ten. Nice. nice. Yeah. BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins did not coach yesterday against Utah State and did not make the trip to St. Petersburg, Florida for the St. Pete Showcase today. He tested positive for COVID-19. He'll stay home to quarantine. We obviously are hoping that Juddy is doing all right. Uh, As far as we know, the symptoms are minimal right now, but we send our best to Coach Judkins. The remainder of the team has been tested as well. It's been determined by BYU Sports Medicine and the staff there. They're all safe to travel. After uh, no other positive tests in the team travel party. So Lee Kamard made his interim head coach debut yesterday against mm-hmm. Utah State and BYU dropped 101. Good luck against
1: Florida State, topping 101. It's five P5s in a row. Let's go. Number four women's volleyball beats San Diego and four to finish the regular season 28 and 1 and on a 20 match win streak. Amazing. Incredible. Selection Sunday this week. Cougars hope to host at least the first two rounds in Provo December 3rd and 4th.
2: Just give BYU a top eight seed. I know the RPI is
1: not favorable for that. Seventeen as of yesterday or Monday.
2: But is seventeen in the RPI and number four in the polls, polls enough to matter. get
1: BYU polls top eight seed? I know. Poll doesn't factor in.
2: The committee looks solely at the RPI. I
1: guess. I don't are know. Are there
2: other mitigating factors?
1: I have no idea what they look at. They don't say what they look at.
2: Why would they do Men, that? That makes far too much sense. Trying to try and explain hoops, how they figure it out.
1: Men's hoops says what they look at. They put out what's called the team sheet. Everyone can look at. it. We have no idea in the other Ugh, I hate it.
2: Zach Wilson, I do love this, will start for the New York Jets this Sunday at Houston. That according to multiple New York media sources. He's recovering from a sprained knee over the past four games. Suffered that hit against the New England Patriots a few weeks back, which caused a PCL sprain. Good luck to Zach as he looks for another win against the Houston Texans. This is a good game to start because Houston is not great. Not Not great, Bob. Not good. Yeah, not, not great, Bob. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. We are discussing the New Year's Six multiverse scenarios today for BYU football.
1: Pause. Finally, last night, I gave in. I said,
2: welcome to the party. maybe,
1: well, hold on. (laughs) I'm not all in. But I'm like, maybe there's a shot here. Well, we'll talk about it. it. It's interesting. I'm really hope things play out for BYU. Um, if they don't, then it's like, ugh, so close, so close. But there's a shot here, man. There's
2: I've been moving pieces in my mind for the past month, looking at, okay, if this happens and this happens or this doesn't happen and this team wins and this conference champion comes to fruition, then just maybe BYU sneaks in. This now is what because I we're getting closer. Yeah. They're yeah. number 13. We think, and we've been saying for a long time, hey, just be in the top 12. It's not that simple.
1: No, no, it's not.
2: Because there are a couple of potential conference champions below the number 12 mark that would essentially be
1: stealers. Let's call them displaced power five. Yes, of top 12 spots. So when there's a a bowl game that has an affiliation, so Rose is Big Ten, Pac-12, Sugar's SEC, Big 12, Orange is ACC versus either Big Ten, SEC, or Notre Dame, If if that's one of the playoff, Semi-finals, which, uh, you know, this year is, uh, which ones? It's, it's Cotton and Orange. So Orange is... Uh, ACC. Yeah, ACC. Cotton is at largest, um, typically, right? No, 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 it's SEC Big 12. Yep. So those would be displaced unless they're in there, right, um, in some form, which is the, is the case except for the Big 12. But the Big 12 is going to find its way into the sugar, and they have three in the top 12 right now. Anyway, so, yes, I, I've discovered there's Power 5 subs. So, so Virginia got into the Orange Bowl a couple years ago because Clemson was in the playoff. Okay, There's those. And then there's displaced Power 5 champs. Those are the issues that BYU has to deal with. Then if it's just straight at large, BYU's got a shot. But you've got to be probably in the um, you know 10th or 11th just to have a shot yeah, yes. it's all explained on the graphic. Yeah. So the, I've, only, I've only really found the last, like, five or six years where when you do, if you didn't have one of the two scenarios I mentioned, Power 5 sub or displaced uh, Power 5, where just, like, straight at-large got in that was, like, 11-plus. It was LSU in 2018. They were the third SEC team to get in as an at-large. So, once you check the boxes of like the conference affiliate, the playoff teams, the conference affiliation, and then the P5 subs and the displaced uh, teams, then if there's an opening and BYU probably has to be in the top 10, then great, BYU's got a shot. I'm not sure it'll work out, but I really hope so because all the scenarios that you've been laying out of teams in front of BYU, teams behind BYU, hopefully it happens, but that's what BYU has to deal with.
2: Right now, there are 16 teams, I have figured, that have any sort of hope of getting into one of the 12 spots. It's down to 16. There are 16 possible college football teams Mm -hmm. to fill the 12 New Year's Six at-large spots. And BYU right now, it would seem, based on the rankings at number 13, but... The ACC champ behind BYU and Utah potentially yeah. coming in as the Pac-12 champ behind BYU for an automatic berth.
1: All they have to do is win one game.
2: Then that means BYU really is at least two spots out. So I feel like the Cougars have to be at least number 11 to feel like they have a legitimate shot to get an at-large spot. Cincinnati Getting into the college football playoff, which they are projected to do so right now, yep. and so many of you have been saying, Spencer, it's a pipe dream. The committee doesn't want to give money to a G5 school. They don't want to give that college football playoff luster away. Well, here they are because of attrition. And people are saying, well, what if Michigan could jump them? Yes, if Michigan beats Ohio State, but I yes. don't think that's going to happen.
1: But then Ohio State just goes where Michigan is now. So that that wouldn't affect that. It feels like
2: Cincinnati... Is an odds-on favorite based on what's remaining for the Bearcats and everybody oh. else around them. Oh,
1: look at us. We got odds yeah. now? Okay. okay. Yes.
2: <laughs> so here are your games to watch. And these are in no particular order of importance. They're all important at this point. Wisconsin is the team behind BYU. They are at Minnesota. Yep. It would help BYU, sure, and prevent the Badgers from jumping BYU, potentially, if they lost at Minnesota. However... Michigan State, Penn State. Man, can the Nittany Lions do the Cougars a favor. The game I am all in on right now is Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oh, Cougar yeah. fans, root for the Cowboys.
1: Well, there are three Big 12 teams out of BYU. At least one is going to get out of root, the
2: way. Root yeah. for the Cowboys, and then root for the Cowboys to beat Baylor in the Big 12 championship game the first Saturday in December. Because that would give Baylor three losses. And now we're talking about, okay, the head-to-head doesn't matter as much when you don't have the same number of losses, especially if the team that beat you has more losses than you. That's kind of where it gets all muddled.
1: Yeah, I believe at least one of those Big 12 teams will fall behind BYU.
2: Oregon could lose to Oregon State. Are the Ducks broken after what happened against Utah and Salt Lake City? Oregon State's only a a six-and-a-half-point dog. Oregon State beat Utah, and there is unbelievably – A scenario where if Oregon State beats Oregon and Washington State beats Washington this week, the Washington State Cougars will play Utah in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Which would be, as you pointed out in our conversation this morning, Jerry Joey
1: isn't going to be in that game?
2: Okay. The best case scenario for the Cougars of BYU. Yes. Because then if the two teams in the Pac-12 championship game have both lost head-to-head against BYU. That
1: would be a conversation point for the committee the for BYU's New Year's Six. Like, if if Baylor's out of it, that's great. If Baylor's in it, it that may even... L- let's say Baylor wins the Big 12. That actually might be okay for BYU. You say, listen, BYU's two losses. One of them is to the Big 12 champ. And BYU beat the Pac-12 champ, hopefully. Like, BYU's a good team. I, I, I think that could actually... Be in favor of BYU. It's either all in for Baylor or get out of the way. There's no like middle ground. I see what you're saying with three losses, but I would argue that maybe if they win the Big Twelve, that's a good thing too. I'm really interested in in kind of what checks out because since so uh, dumbing it down, since he's got to be in the the playoff. Yep. And then uh, I think BYU needs to be in the top ten. Eleven is going to be ugh, sweaty, right? If you're in the top ten, it's still sweaty, but. You got Ooh, sh- I don't
2: think so. In the you, top 10, I don't think you, at all.
1: You got a shot. You, you just got to hope that the, the Power 5 subs and the Displaced Power 5 work out. Because again, I've looked the past six years, there's only one team that wasn't Power 5 sub or Displaced Power 5 that got an at, at large in that situation. That was 11 plus, not, not including Group of Five. So that's, that's the trend, is you got to at least be in the top 10. If you're going to be straight at large.
2: Notre Dame's going to beat Stanford and take an at-large spot. In fact, Yahoo Sports had Notre Dame Dame playing BYU in the Peach Bowl, which I don't think is going to happen, but it's a fun thought.
1: Fiesta Bowl has been obsessed since 74 with the idea of BYU being in there at some point. In '01, one it didn't work out. Luke Staley breaks his leg. Just wants BYU. We know Phoenix knows that BYU would sell the them. presence. We there, know that
2: there would be forty thousand BYU fans in the Fiesta Bowl. Oh,
1: it'd be yeah, it'd be forty thousand and two because you and I would be there. Holy yeah, cow! It would yes, it would be incredible.
2: And one more thought on the Baylor situation: the only thing that concerns me there is if Baylor wins the Big Twelve and Oklahoma State has two losses. Now you have two Big Twelve teams with two losses that are both above BYU. Not good for the Cougars. BYU needs two Big 12 teams to drop below them to feel even more comfortable about getting an at-large spot.
1: Yeah, I think one of those teams gets out of the way. You think Oklahoma State, if they beat Oklahoma and then
2: lose in the Big 12 championship? See, I don't think they would drop
1: below BYU. Bedlam happens, so someone's going to lose again. Right, and I think Oklahoma needs to be the team that loses. Well, if Oklahoma loses, yeah, then they're... Because they're, what, three spots out of BYU. But
2: I think there needs to be one more Big 12 team, either OSU or Baylor, and... Uh, there's a scenario where both could still be above BYU if they play each other in the championship and Baylor wins it.
1: Yeah, but if Baylor wins it, yeah. No, no, I I see what you're saying. I just think one of those three will get out of the way. Mm
2: -hmm. One for sure. Mm -hmm. I want two.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Of course, we want all three, but that's not happening. And Mike Leach, BYU alum, buddy,
2: can you help us out? And Mississippi State wins the Egg Bowl and beats Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. That would also help BYU in a major way.
1: Yeah, if there were only two SEC in the New Year's Six, that would be helpful. Because if they have a third, now we're going, right? I because, love this. Because, well, look, uh, one of them's going to play in the Sugar. It, like, if Georgia and Alabama are in the playoff, there's going to be another SEC team in the Sugar anyway. So I'm not sure it matters.
2: Yeah, we'll see, and we'll see I'm, what I'm happens not, at I'm the not, college football playoff, I'm right? not sure that matters. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati getting More in is a wash with two SEC teams being in the college football playoff. Like, Cincinnati just... Get into the top four. Yes. Create the extra at large. Go Bearcats,
1: homies in arms, new Big 12.
2: Our question of the day other than being grateful for BYU football and for ice cream, for everything that's happening in BYU athletics, we're going to take it a step further and say, hey, uh, why not share your thanks with somebody around your own Thanksgiving dinner table? Yeah, maybe. If you could invite one BYU player or coach for Thanksgiving dinner, who would it be and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. (laughs)
0: This is the Voice We're of the Nation on BYU
2: Sports Nation. <laughs> our question, ah! our, our first response, rather, from at tashalin 19 on Twitter. I'm having Thanksgiving at my brother's house, and he and his family are Utah fans. Oh, boy. If Coach Pope could come and give his recruiting speech, I'm confident our family would all be converted members of Cougar Nation before the pie comes out.
1: Oh, my gosh. For true. It worked for Colin <laughs> Chandler. That's true. Coming up. Does BYU BYU football like peaches or chips more in bowl season?
2: Plus ESPN college football analyst Rod Gilmore joins us. What does he think of BYU's postseason potential and, more importantly, how the Cougars match up against a struggling USC team? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by
1: the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number 18, that sounds nice, BYU men's basketball hosts Texas Southern. Tonight, the Merit Center BYU Radio pregame starts at 8 Eastern, BYU TV Sports. Pregame starts at 8.30 Eastern.
2: We're live in Studio B on an Ice Cream Wednesday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Why not kick off Thanksgiving festivities with a little ice cream the day before? Yeah, man, why not? We've got our flavors go. for the coaches that were introduced last night. They will be available shortly at the BYU Creamery. Joining us now on this Ice Cream Wednesday, and we'll probably make sure he gets some at some point, is ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst Rod Gilmore back on the program. Third time this season? As BYU goes back into the the Pac-12. Yes, Rod, you're, you're our Pac-12 savant. Welcome back to the program.
3: You guys banned me for the last month, man. It's nice to be back.
1: <laughs> it's good to be back in the Power 5 uh, you know, Pac-12 game, which is good.
2: Rod, we're seeing BYU with a potential of going 5-0 and against the Pac-12 if they can beat USC on Saturday in the Coliseum. We are fascinated by what type of atmosphere is going to be there for the home team because mm. the juice is not good. What kind of atmosphere are you expecting between USC and BYU from the Trojans' side?
3: I, I, I don't know. That's a great question, um, I'm not sure what the, the fans are going to be like, what the attendance is going to be like. It's a night game in LA, and I think it's very clear that USC friends, uh, fans are frustrated. Um, they're really focused on who the next coach is going to be, I think. That, I think that's getting most of the attention. But I think the other thing is, I mean, USC is clearly embarrassed about their performance against their rival, you know, UCLA. UCLA hung what, 63 points up on them. So my, my guess is that you will get a spirited USC team that the players are embarrassed by what happened last week and that they'll be focused as far as the atmosphere and the fans and how they show up and what the, the noise will be like. That's anyone's guess. But I, I think that that team is so embarrassed by last week that they'll be dialed in.
1: Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was incredible, including a hurdle late in the game. that was just like one of the plays of the year in college football. Okay, USC, obviously a team with talent. No one's ever questioned the talent of USC. But the execution and some notable injuries, Drake London among them, Keaton Slovis. Obviously, Jackson Dart's a local kid that went to the same high school as Zach Wilson after Zach, which is interesting. There are some connections. The D-line coach is Vic Soto. He played at BYU. It's an interesting one, and one we've circled for a while, but it's not a gimme. I think BYU fans understand that too, Rod. What do you think of this matchup, and BYU's trying to go out on a high note in the regular season because New Year's Six possibilities still exist?
3: Well, um, I, think, I think it's a great matchup anytime you have you know, programs with this history, you know, this stature, playing each other. Uh, they don't play very often. This is only the fourth meeting. You know, playing in L.A. and in the Coliseum, I think for BYU is a really cool deal. I think that's kind of fun. Um, but in terms of the actual matchup, we have to keep in mind that the USC offense, with with Drake London out the last few weeks, it's really not the same offense. They are not nearly as explosive or relying on a dominant player, you know, as they have been. Um, and Jackson Dart is a freshman quarterback. I don't know that we will see Keaton Slobis at any point. We might. We might not not enough information yet, but, you know, you've got a young quarterback who is exciting. Um, He can make plays with his feet. He moves around. Great. He's got a great arm. He's a little bit more of kind of a, you know, let it hang out kind of quarterback. He'll take more chances. And in a game like that, you know, it doesn't take much, you know, for a guy to get loose and to make a couple of big plays. And all of a sudden you're in a dogfight. So I think offensively, you know, we could see some good stuff out of USC. They're just really struggling. On defense, You know, they're giving up big plays on the back end. They've had trouble stopping the run. So when you look at the matchups, you start looking at it and you go, huh? Yeah, okay. Well, offensively, you know, BYU should probably be able to run the ball. Um, you know, the two tight end sets should be a problem for USC. Some of the matchups on the back end, you know, down the field might be an issue. But again, I, I wrapped that all in the, they were so embarrassed by last week. Who knows what you got to get this week? They may have the most spirited defensive performance that they've had all season after the way they played last week.
2: Rod Gilmore of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. He will call the game between BYU and USC on Saturday night. Maybe you just answer the question, Rod, but who's the best player on this USC side right now? Is it Jackson Dart, at least among the healthy guys?
3: Huh. Well, the most talented player is Drake Jackson. Uh, they're fine outside linebacker defense then um, it's it's interesting though because you know he's likely a first or second round pick in the draft if he leaves and I would assume he's going to leave uh, but last week they they didn't use him as they normally have I mean he was primarily a a, a third down pass rushing specialist while well, he normally has been an every down player so I'm not sure what's going on there uh, but there's no question that he is their most talented player on defense and probably their highest rated uh, player on the team right now for the upcoming draft. Um, But offensively, I think clearly um, Jackson Dart is the focus. Um, He can make guys, you know, play better. He can create things, you know, on the outside, you're probably looking at Gary Bryan who's kind of taken over as the wide receiver that they focus on the most. He's not nearly like, uh, like London. I mean, he's not a big guy. He's, He's six feet, 180 pounds. He's back, got great speed, great change of direction. He can get deep. But that's a different kind of guy than what they had with, uh, with Drake London. So, you know, those are the ones that come to mind right off the bat that you say you have to game plan for, be aware of, as to who might make the most impact.
1: I'll be six uh, foot 185 probably after Thanksgiving. But uh, Keontae, uh, <laughs> Keontae Ingram is a really good running back. We've had our eye on him. He kind of got banged up in the game too, so – I'm wondering how much he's going to play. We did want to ask you about BYU in the New Year Six. There's an outside shot. BYU's at 13, kind of looking on the outside in, but there's certain scenarios that could play out where BYU's potentially in. What do you think of BYU's chances at the New Year's Six?
3: Uh, why do you want to make me the bad guy? Huh? <laughs> why, why do you want to make me the bad guy? We need a naysayer, Rod. There I, always no, has to be a naysayer.
1: I, I've been the naysayer until this week where I thought, okay, listen, BYU's probably not going to get in, but there is a chance. So you don't feel there's a chance?
3: Look, it's this is just a weird year. And you have to keep in mind, you know, the playoff. I mean, right now we're looking like, in, in terms of the playoff, the Pac-12 is out. The ACC is out and there's a chance that the big 12 might be out. Yeah. I mean, if Cincinnati gets in and you have two SEC teams and a big 10 team, you have three packed three uh, power five teams that don't get into the playoff. And the notion that you'd go one more step and take a power five team out of a new year six. I just, I just see that that's, that's a hard, hard thing to have happen. I I, I don't see sure. that happening now. If Cincinnati doesn't get in and the Big Twelve, you know, is in uh, the playoff, maybe that makes it more possible. But this is a tough year. You're going to see at least two Power Five conferences on the outside looking in with the playoff, and I, I think it's it's going to be tough to, you know, bring an outsider, an independent, you know, into the New Year Six. Plus, you know, Notre Dame is sitting out there too.
2: Yeah, the Notre Dame thing definitely complicates the scenario for a team like BYU, as well as BYU technically right now not being a Power 5 team, but we'll see how it plays out. I mean, we're looking at the Pac-12, Rod. There's a scenario where if Oregon loses to Oregon State this weekend and Washington State beats Washington, Washington State could play Utah for a Pac-12 championship. This this year is insane.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. It's bizarre. I mean – You know, Oregon had everything rolling their way. Um, I mean, clearly the loss to Stanford hurt them, but it didn't eliminate them. It just reduced their margin of error. Um, But the notion that they were going to face Utah twice in a three week period and win both those games very few of us thought that that was going to be a likely outcome. Beating a team twice is hard in three weeks, and beating a really good Utah team twice, or it's just, you know, it was going to be impossible, but we were surprised at just how dominant Utah was in that game. So now you got Oregon that, you know, has opened the door for Oregon state and for Washington state, who knows how that's going to turn out. I have no idea how the ducks are going to react, um, uh, to, uh, the Utah loss. Um, so this week is going to be just crazy, but look, when you, you think about what's left for New Year's Six and you start thinking can't be why you get in, you know, you want things to be as much status quo. If you're rooting, you're rooting for Notre Dame to find a way into the playoff. You're rooting for the Big 12 to get a team into the playoff. If you get those things, maybe, maybe there's still a shock at a New Year Six. But listen, like I said at the start, you're making me the bad guy because I don't <laughs> think it's really <laughs> happening.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, and that's the reality. But there's, there's a tiny shot, and we're just going to cling to that yeah. because we don't want to go to the Independence Bowl. You know what I'm saying? But all good. Rod, yeah. we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for joining us.
3: Anytime. Just have me back sooner, man. How did I get lost for a month? Come on. I don't is, know. We, this is what I do, right? BYU we,
1: games. We lost your number. We got it back. We're good.
2: Yeah, we, uh, we <laughs> tracked right. it all down. Thanks, Rod. Take care, and happy Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> happy Thanksgiving.
2: All right, Rod Gilmore of ESPN will call the game between BYU and USC on Saturday night.
1: He's right on the di- so the displaced a- again displaced ACC champ because you know uh, you know uh, is orange is one of the semifinals. Is it going to so be like,
2: Pitt or is it going to be Wake? Like
1: or that NC team State. will be behind yeah.
2: BYU and will take a spot. Yes, which takes a top twelve spot,
1: right? Yes, a top twelve spot. <sighs> well, it, it's not top twelve; it's one of the four at right. large we're looking. Just at. chaos. Yeah.
2: BYU needs chaos with the teams ranked between eight and twelve.
1: Yes, let's go. We, lose. Need, we need Michigan State to get out of the way. We need Oklahoma to one get or out of two the way. Big 12s to get out of the way. Yeah, yes, exactly. absolutely. Okay, coming up, Kenzie Kerber on the women's volleyball team's 28-1 regular season. Do they expect to host, and how much? And I know
2: it's Thanksgiving week and all, but are we happy for St. Mary's? They
1: beat Oregon. <laughs> it's not happiness day tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. <sighs> this is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
1: Women's soccer host South Carolina in the Elite Eight. A chance for BYU's first ever College Cup, the Final Four, Saturday night, 7 Eastern, on BYU TV. Huge match. I will be
2: watching every second of that as I prepare to sideline the pre- and post-game shows at USC. I will be dialed in on the phone.
1: There are a few times (laughs) I want you to be gone. This is one of them. But I would switch <laughs> you sad. gladly to be at the Coliseum as well. There's are two good things.
2: Yeah. He is Jeremiah. I'm Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
1: The USA today projects BYU to face Notre Dame in the Peach Bowl. Do you like this?
2: Yeah, I love it. I don't think it's going to happen, though. <laughs>
1: Why would BYU go to the Peach and not Fiesta? They wouldn't. BYU would go to the Fiesta.
2: Michigan State, BYU in the Fiesta Bowl feels like a real possibility to me.
1: Now, let's talk. So, there are two bowls that have at-large this year, Peach and Fiesta. Yes. The ACC ch- champ will be displaced and play in one of those two, it looks like. Yep. So, BYU ne- is playing in, yeah, in yeah, for three spots. One of those three. The at-large. ACC
2: champ is going to play Notre Dame in the Peach Bowl. That's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, or Pitt, Notre Dame, whatever. Okay, yeah. that's, I think that's going to happen. BYU against the third-place Big Ten team could potentially happen in the Fiesta Michigan Bowl. Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. All right, so I like it, but it's not going to happen. All right, uh, Jerem, BYU did it first and handily against Oregon, beating the Ducks by 32. But St. Mary's did win by 12 last night. Are we happy for St. Mary's?
1: Uh, I think so, whatever. Non-conference helps the league. Great. St. Mary's isn't Utah to me. St. Mary's above Utah State, I guess, in the rivalry rankings. I'm in terms bugged. of I'm, like, they bug me. Utah, Utah State's whatever. It's all good. I'm I'm kind of
2: bugged. They won last night. <laughs> One because it's St. Mary's, and two because BYU just beat Oregon, and so it's like if Oregon had bounced back and beaten against St. Mary's team, less than the it's Oregon like, win. Uh, yeah, yeah. BYU dominated that team that just beat St. Mary's. Then
1: there'd be some separation there. Yes. The WCC's top five teams are 4-0 versus the Pac-12. WCC greater than Pac-12 hoops? Absolutely.
2: And uh, I think UCLA, as good as they are in men's basketball this year. (laughs) Here's what happened. I was talking about this with my brother last night. UCLA did what some teams do in March. You get hot. You start playing your best basketball. You go on this nice little run. And now they're capitalizing on what they did last year in the tournament. I don't think they're the second-best team in America. And Gonzaga showed that last night against
1: UC. Who is? Like, no one holds a candle. Duke is fifth. They're going to get blown out by Gonzaga on Friday, too.
2: WCC, yes, greater than Pac-12 hoops. Uh, By the way, that takes us to an incredible stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
2: No BYU team has lost in head-to-head competition in the entire month of November. The last head-to-head loss was by BYU Women's Soccer on October 30th against Santa Clara. Women's volleyball, women's soccer, men's basketball, football, women's basketball. Amazing. Have all won every game since October 30th. That's incredible. Jerem, will November be no-loss November for BYU?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes, It feels well, like well, it. What what team's going to lose? Because the College Cup and women's volleyball, is should BYU win in women's soccer? December. And women's volleyball is going to win those first two games anyway. Maybe women's soccer goes all the way to the national championship and wins, man. The they toughest task
2: it. for BYU athletics to go with no loss November is probably women's basketball against Florida State.
1: Florida State good. Florida BYU's State's good,
2: good but BYU was
1: also very BYU's good. Winning by 24. Like BYU's got an amazing team. I'm excited. No Seminoles going down. Sorry. No loss November. Sorry. Rest in peace, Bobby Ben Sorry. Amazing. Women's right. hoops winning by an average of 24 a game through five so far this year. Are they better than we thought they were?
2: I, I didn't expect them to be winning by 24 points a game, but I think we both felt that this team was special. Sweet
1: I mean, 16 good. That's what I'm saying. Sweet 16 good.
2: Yes. Yeah. Like, Do you agree? This, this absolutely okay. I've been it, saying it since last season. Like that they bring everybody back. They've got so much experience and Moxie and Swagger. They've got star power. Yeah, this team and they've got size, Jerem. Sarah Hampson's coming off the bench for crying out loud. Yeah,
1: six seven, active block leader in the NCAA. Yeah. Amazing.
2: They are a little bit better than I thought they'd be, but we already thought they would be great.
1: I thought they'd suck, and now they're good. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> BYU women's volleyball, also great. End the season 28-1. and 1. Perfect conference record. Are the Cougars a top eight seed in the NCAA tournament because of the number
1: 17 RPI? I don't know. I don't know how much they'll value RPI. BYU's certainly amazing. It's just how amazing. BYU's going to host the first two rounds in Provo, you'd think, and then going to have to go go on the road after that.
2: I just want BYU to be a top eight seed.
1: Why does, why does that matter?
2: I think they've earned it.
1: I think they deserve well, it. Okay, so they're top eight. Then what?
2: Well, then you get a better Elite Eight matchup.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, depends. If you're eighth, you'll get the top team. If you're, you know, seventh, you'll probably get the second. So you want to be like fifth. Oh, you want to be fifth? So you play the fourth. Or do you want to be number 11? So you play
2: number six.
1: Well, then you play the three, if you will. If If, you beat the number six. Yeah. So really, you want to be like, yeah, you want to be like 13.
2: I just think they've earned a single-digit seed. Yeah,
1: they're amazing. They're amazing. It's whether the uh, committee will value BYU at the level that we value them. They won't. Okay. Uh, What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish?
2: Oh, man. Probably the sweet potatoes with just loaded with brown sugar and butter. Oh, my
1: goodness. It's so good.
2: (laughs) It's a dessert. We call it like a side dish. It's like a dessert. Oh, sweet potatoes?
1: Yeah, the the sweet part changes it. Uh, I love a good, just good turkey gravy good gravy with like turkey and stuffing Mah. amazing
2: okay yeah honey butter brown sugar honey butter with pecans on sweet potatoes it's a dessert
1: mm, okay <laughs> coming up our double down picks for tonight's men's festival
2: and kenzie kerber the sensational yeah. senior transfer for byu women's volleyball will join Boom. us where does she expect the cougars to end up on selection sunday it's BYU Sports Nation. It's so good, dude. BYU Sports
0: Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans
1: everywhere. Catch the final combined coaches show as clients talking Mark Pope, join Greg Bell to talk about all things BYU football and basketball and the introduction of the ice cream flavors as we talked about. It. It's on demand. On the app. Very fun show.
2: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Thanksgiving Eve. We are live in Studio B, and it is time we bring in our second and fabulous guest of the day. She's so awesome, dude. She is a sensational senior. We are so happy that she transferred to BYU. Kenzie Kerber back on BYU Sports Nation. Kenzie, welcome to the show. Happy early Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for having me. Are you home? And if so, uh, what are you looking forward to most about your Thanksgiving meal tomorrow?
4: Yes, I am home. We got home late last night from San Diego, but um, I'm excited to have this rainbow jello salad that my mom always makes. It's like my favorite thing, but it actually takes like all day the day before to make. So she's like working on it right now and it has to set overnight, but it's so pretty and it's the best. So I'm excited for that.
1: That sounds good. That sounds awesome. Congratulations on the win over San Diego. Uh, I know that meant a lot to you guys because you were undefeated in West Coast Conference play. Uh, you'd won the championship, you know, on Saturday, but to finish undefeated in league, what did that mean?
4: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last night before before the game. I was going around to everyone in the locker room, like, "Hey, did you guys know that if we win tonight, it's the first undefeated WCC conference like season since 1993?" And everyone's like, "No, how do you know that?" I was like, "I guess I just read stuff," but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't, I don't think our goal is ever to go undefeated. And we just really, we play every game, like it's our, our last and it's, we really just focus on the next game at task. And so I think we've just been rolling and we've had our moments where, you know, we've been pushed, but to end conference undefeated is something that I've obviously never had in my career. And that obviously BYU hasn't had in a long time. And so I think it's a big something to hang our hat on and but we just continue pushing forward into the tournament
2: Kenzie Kerber is with us on BYU Sports Nation as you look at the perfection in conference and then look at the lone loss against Pittsburgh on the road playing without Taylin Ballard-Nixon what type of momentum and experience will BYU take into the tournament based on what you have faced this season
4: yeah I mean obviously that one loss to Pitt it is a bummer and you know we've proven to be a top five team nationally, you know, we're ranked right behind them now. And so, I mean, it is a bummer. We didn't have Taylor it was very early on. It was our first road trip. We had, I think played like nine games at home. And so um, it was definitely something that we hadn't experienced yet in the season. And I almost wish we could have played them now. So I think our team just has continued to improve over the course of the season. And um, it is a bummer, but we, we don't look, we don't look to that loss. We just keep pushing forward. We keep getting better. And hopefully we end up facing Pitt in the the tournament, but, um, it's been cool to see how much this team has improved over the course of the season. And we've had five tough games to finish out conference. You know, we had LMU and Pepperdine, and then we had St. Mary's and Pacific and then San Diego on the road. We've been on the road for two weeks now, and it's been a grind and we've had things that have shown through in the past five games that we hadn't seen all season in ourselves and some areas that we need to improve, but We're always very grateful when we get pushed and when we're in battles and every game of the past five games has been a battle. And we think that that is lining us up perfectly for the tournament because um, there have been moments in our conference season that we haven't really been pushed and had to dig deep and look within to see how we can problem solve and keep pushing through a game. And I think we've been tested the past five games and I think that's really good for us moving into the tournament.
1: I can tell you're a seasoned vet by the yep. way you answered that question. That was just so well stated <laughs> and uh, executed. That was amazing. What are you guys expecting for Thank the NCAA you. tournament? Because it needs to be the first and second round in Provo. And then, unfortunately, due to the RPI, you probably got to go out on the road should you get to mm-hmm. the Sweet 16, which is uh, expected.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we all obviously are hanging our hat on that. We're going to host the first two rounds. Obviously, we don't want to speak too soon, but we feel pretty confident that we will get those first two rounds at home. And then obviously going on the road. And I think the road has been something that has been a challenge to us at times this year. We always play really well in the field house and sometimes have struggles passing or in different areas when we hit the road. And so I think it has been good for us to be on the road for these past three games this weekend, the past two weekends, because it's forced us to play to our best of our abilities on the road and we know that that's coming in the tournament but um you know we we're just excited we're ready to keep playing and keep getting better and we have things that we want to get back in the gym on friday and work on just from last night and so there are things that um you know we need to improve on going into the tournament and we need everyone to be at their best and ready to go and Be hungry to win and we want to make a run in the tournament our goal was to win the wcc and obviously to win a national championship and we're not there yet and so now it's time to move our focus to winning a national championship and so we just we keep rolling we keep problem solving and working together and expect to play well on the road
1: this team's got all the pieces which is very exciting it's been super fun to watch this group okay The NCAA tournament in women's volleyball and even soccer is weird because it's not like the same as what you're used to seeing in, say, March Madness, right? It's not neutral site. It's not seated fully out. And everyone's not traveling a huge amount. Do you think you'll get Utah in the second round? Would you want Utah again in the second round?
4: You know, it's something that at this point in my career, I'm like, it's most likely going to happen. And sometimes people are like, wait, really? You think? And I'm like, I've played three out of my four years against BYU in the tournament in the yep. second round. And so, um, just based on regional stuff, I do think we will have Utah. Obviously we have to get through our first round and they have to get through their first round, but, um, the odds of facing each other in the second round is high. And I've already kind of prepared myself for that. Um, I wouldn't say I do or don't want to. At this point, it's it's the next team up. It's the next team we have to beat. And obviously, we remember what happened earlier this year. And that was a great game for us. And we had a great crowd and great atmosphere. And there was lots of fire and energy in that game. And I think that we can continue to bring that. And I think we're even a better team than we were when we played them. Back then, we obviously had a lot of adversity that game that we just kept battling through. You know, Aaron going down in the second, me going out in the mid- middle of the third I just think there were pieces that could have caused us to lose focus and um it obviously didn't matter we kept pushing but I think with our team being the strongest that it is and without those little injuries happening and without some of that adversity I think it's even it's we're an even scarier team and we're even better than we were when we played them so um you know regardless if we play them or not i think it's exciting and we're ready to go so it'd be fun to play them again obviously what happened with me in the tournament when I was up at Utah in 2019 we, I'd like to do that reverse this yeah time. Yeah, yeah I was so, gonna say we don't want um, to talk about that match <laughs> yeah so let's do that again but now BYU be on the other side of that so
2: Kenzie I will say this the only BYU women's volleyball team to play in a national championship was unseated They were unseeded in 2014, so maybe whatever seed you get, if you want to feel some disrespect, you can point to that and be like, hey, let's go out and prove it on the floor. Um, But for the record, I do feel like you deserve a top eight spot. We'll see what happens. If you had to guess a number of where you're going to show up on Selection Sunday, what do you think it's going to be?
4: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, the committee came out early in the year with the top 10 of what they thought was going to be the top 10. There was a lot of controversy as to why BYU wasn't on there and a lot of people saying they don't play the toughest teams. And so if they were to recede now, I think there have been changes in matchups the past few weeks to month that teams have lost teams have won. So I would like to say we should at least be 10, obviously strength the schedule is a big factor in that. Um, if I were to have to guess a number, I'd probably say 11. That's just a basic guess, but I would be pleased with the top 10 seed, and obviously we want that, and we think we should be higher based off of our our level of competition, but the strength of schedule does play a factor into that, and we can't control that. We'll be happy with any seed we get and just are ready to play any team. Well,
2: number 11 is my lucky number, so there's that. We're going to give you some BYU <laughs> Sports Nation karma as well, which means things are going to go really well. You're already really good, but – why not throw in some positive <laughs> mojo and uh, enjoy Perfect. that rainbow jello? The rainbow jello is not going to lose. I that, that's a for sure win, right?
4: Exactly. So, <laughs> well, thanks, guys, and you guys have a good Thanksgiving.
2: You got a happy Thank Thanksgiving you. to Kenzie Kerber with us from BYU Women's Volleyball, number four team in the country according to the Dude, coaches.
1: I want Utah in the second round. I want Pitt in the Elite Eight, and then I want. Stanford's not going to be in the Final Four, probably, but I want Stanford, I want Jalen Reyes in Nebraska. Just all the homies. Let's go. Coming up, rise and shout-out to turkeys. And our
2: double-down picks for tonight's Texas Southern BYU men's basketball game. I'm not sure it'll
1: outdo the rise and shout-out to the turkeys. Do, do the gobble-gobble <laughs> This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union
1: of BYU Athletics. You've seen what Puka Nakua can do on the field, but how is he as a SN right now co-host, a producer, and interviewer? Find out tonight on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU
2: radio apps. time for Double Down, where we make two picks. And if you get both right, you get a total of three points. But to get three points, you got to get both right. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's just one point. Okay. Yeah. Ball night for us, right? Texas Southern in the house. Jeremy, you're up 8-3. to three. Go. You got a big lead, so I'm going to need to do some work tonight, but what do you got first as you look to expand your lead?
1: Alex Barcelo remains perfect from the free throw line. 18 for 18 this year, 38 in a row, third in BYU history. Two, Nate Hanson, Trey Stewart, and Hunter Erickson will combine to make two-plus shots.
2: If Alex Barcelo doesn't attempt a free throw, are you still right?
1: <laughs> yes. He'll get to the
2: line. He'll get to the line. Yes. This is a Guar- sneaky, smart pick Guaranteed. Right get to the line. Number one for me. Caleb Lohner is going to make his first three-pointer tonight. He's 0 for 7. Yep. Let's go, Caleb. Tonight's the night, Caleb. Let's do this. Well, just wait until Saturday. Actually. And this is aggressive. <laughs> BYU will be plus 6 in turnover margin. Is it aggressive against Texas? Tech? I he gets aggressive. Oh, okay. I-, I need it to be plus 6.
1: All right. Watch it. It'll be five. Watch it. <laughs> It'll be only five. It'll be five. Against Texas. So let's go.
2: Our question of the day. If you could invite one BYU player or coach over for Thanksgiving dinner, who are you extending the invitation to?
1: Kenzie Kerber Who's and the it? Rainbow Jello.
2: Yeah, right? If you're going to bring the Rainbow Jello, and invite Kenzie Kerber. My goodness. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Ames Flames. I'd really like to have Dennis Pitta over, <laughs> but only if Jerem comes to. Oh, that'd be the best. We'd be great. Their banter is probably my favorite thing in the whole world. Yep. Hashtag
1: faux foes. Yep, check my Instagram for that. Faux
2: foes, as in fake foes. <laughs> faux with an X.
1: Faux foes. What's this fox? Dennis. What's
2: this foxwood? It's really nice. Yes. Oh, you mean faux wood? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Fox? Hello, Jerem. Foxwood. <laughs> Hello, Dennis.
2: Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU
1: Athletics. To the millions of turkeys who gave their lives uh, for tomorrow. <laughs> Indeed. And to Cole Watkins, a five-year-old battling leukemia. Uh, he and his brother Brock went to the women's volleyball game. Awesome. Met Dalton and Taylor Ballard-Nixon. Awesome. Great to have you at the game last night. It was awesome.
2: I love that. Our thanks to today's guests, Rod Gilmore of ESPN and Kenzie Kerr, the sensational senior for BYU women's volleyball.
1: Sorry Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time for you, brother.
2: Maybe some time on Thanksgiving at Maybe. Ames Flames Dinner. Maybe. For Jeremiah i Spencer. Shout-out to Camry Godfrey Willardson. Nice. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you on Friday for another live show.